Hi everyone, Kieran and Ben here from Elite Rugby SNC and welcome to episode four today. So first off, if you haven't already, definitely sign up and join the Elite Rugby SNC community and take your game to the next level by doing our program. You can try before you buy. We do have a seven day trial, which you can find with the link below in the comments. Make sure you like and subscribe and share this video as well to all your family and friends. Become a beast and join our community. So g'day, Ben, how are you today? Yeah, really good, thank you, Kieran. How are you? I'm going well, thank you. So today's topic, we're talking neck strength for rugby union. I feel like neck strength is something not really discussed when it comes to rugby players. I think people say, yeah, it, it's important, but it's not really something that you train. Um, I, I would say in my experience, what would you say about neck strength for rugby? Yeah, I'd say, look, there's probably more an emphasis on, um, say, your type five doing that type of work, but it's hugely important, but not just for type five, it's for all um, areas. You think of how close your head is in contact when you're making tackles and the potential repercussions of what happens to your head from a whipping point of view in a collision. Um, and there's lots of research around your neck strength and the investigations into uh, lowering concussion. Also, you talk about, um, say, preparing yourself for training and games. Um, and probably speak of your experience going in, how's your first scrummaging session back, even if it's just one-on-one, -on -one, two on two, after a break? What, how, how have you felt that went for you? Yeah, so we just remembering from my past playing days. Yeah, we you sort of go into it and you don't really go full on live scrums. Coaches know that you don't do that. So you're just doing your one on ones, like you said, and your two on twos, um, and just going from there. But you are sore. You are very sore, sort of that week. And then once you start building that intensity, you start to get a less sore. But when it comes to that first trial game or first actual game, you are so sore that next day and you're just, you're just trying to turn and you're just, oh, and you just feel like you haven't really prepared as best as you could have for that situation, I would say in my experience. But yeah, you're definitely pretty sore if you um, have been in the front row before. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting, probably what, how is your first game, your first live game? How do you build during that game when, after that game, like directly afterwards in the days post that? Mm, like you feel pretty good. And then it's just sort of that delayed response from the game and you're just sore. And then you sort of do find it hard just to turn left, turn right. And you're just sort of like an old man. You're trying to turn around. You have to turn around with your whole body. You can't just go quick head action like that. So it does take a few days and it's slow, it gradually goes away, but it, it just, just like I said before, it feels like you could have trained and prepared a lot better um, just to be able to handle that, but also to recover from that stress as well, I think is, is very important. It's not just to be able to handle it, it's, it's just it's being able to recover and being then able to train again um, when Monday and Tuesday come around. Yeah. Yeah, and it's really important that you've, um, if you've done some neck strength work, that you actually recover better because you think of, when would be the best time during the week to do your scrummaging work for the next game early in the week? You want to actually, if you can get it done around Tuesday, that intensity um, and not so close to the game, you're going to do that. So to do that well, you've had to have a, 
fairly conditioned neck because if I'm scrummaging on the weekend and then getting to um, that Tuesday where you're feeling good and you can actually have a good scrummaging session to work it, iron out any problems that you have and, mm. you know, make yourself better conditioned for that compared to your opposition. Mm. Um, yeah, look, it's probably didn't really start looking at, say, neck strength until really the last... Uh, besides people who are in really specialised position like front rowers and second rowers, particularly the front rowers, you know, a long time ago you'd looked at that and you'd build that up. You'd actually start building things up um, from a conditioning point of view and then into then they go into their basic scrummaging and build on. And you'd actually keep that work going through this season. But probably over the last few years, particularly when you look at concussion, you look at the way people are tackling too your head is almost becoming the third point of contact where you're locking into places. So you're getting your arms in there and you actually want your head in close. To do that, you have to feel really confident in your neck to do that, mm. right? Um, and you think of a lot of other sports like wrestling. So wrestling, they're getting in there and they're actually using their, their head as a weapon and really good strength. And they've been doing a lot of conditioning work for mm. years. So there's some really basic activities that you can do. Like if you're lying down on the ground, so facing up, if you're just rotating around in a nice slow cadence, getting as many reps as you can like that, then nodding backwards and forwards, getting as many reps as you can, then go laterally from side to side. So you might find out that it's only 10 each way that you can do. Reverse that face down on the ground and do that again. So the idea is you should be able to do this as a warm up where you can do 50 reps each side each of those activities, lying down on the ground facing up, then lying down facing down, unbroken. That should be a warm-up activity. If you're struggling with that, you've got some work to do on your neck to actually get up to it. That would be a greater idea to warm up for scrums. Mm. Um, so it might take some conditioning over a few weeks to get there. Mm. We might um, put some links into some photo, uh, videos underneath as well as some strength work where you're actually standing with bands and you're just doing isometric work. Um, how you can make that harder is you're coming out and actually having the band coming from that way, holding yourself, your spine in perfect alignment and then coming back, whatever reps and sets, bands, just making sure you've got that perfect form building up. So you do it where you, the band's on the front of your head, you're walking out, either side, back of your head, walking out. And that's going to also not only uh, do some neck work, it'll give you that postural alignment for your whole spine working in with each other as well to keep that alignment. So you start coordinating some other activities. Mm. That type of work everyone really should be doing. How often? Well, it really depends on your position. If you're, you know, you're a front rower or a second rower and you're, you know that you're going to be doing some scrum work in you know, eight weeks, you start building up now. Mm. If you're more of a, say, um, a back rower, I do a lot of work. You'd think of um, people like uh, Paul Pocock when he had a sore neck and people were targeting necks and doing crocodile rolls, which they can't do now. Like his neck suffered for a while. So you, you back rowers, you think you're over the top of balls a lot or trying to um, win possession and you're getting cleaned out. You're going to get knocked in your head in very unusual position. So having that neck strength helps. And even your backs, like the high intensity, the speed of your tackles, whether you're the tackler or being tackled, being able to control your head is really important because that actually lowers, potentially stops as much bouncing of your, your brain around in your skull. So that's how important neck work is. 
Um, if I had my time again, I would have, as a young person myself, or a lot of um, teams that I worked with, I would have started doing a lot more of that work at an earlier age um, and earlier in the season to help. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And, and then just with just late last year when World Rugby come out and say, hey, you've only got a certain amount of time to do contact at training, which is open to interpretation. It just sort of yep. emphasizes that neck strength is really, really important, not just for the elite, but all the way down to the junior level. So making sure that those exercises that you just said, laying down, turning side to side, up, down, and then turning over and doing the same thing is really important um, for them to be able to do and build up that, that um, neck endurance to be then able to be ready for contact when contact starts. And just also another stimulus if you've only got a limited amount of uh, time to be able to do contact scrums and, and, and all that really. So it's definitely really important for, for all athletes, um, no matter what level you are in, in playing rugby. Yeah, I think you've absolutely nailed it there. A lot of the time, you do, like the contact and the laws around that and the interpretation of that is uh, quite interesting. Um, but even scrummaging positions, breakdown positions, all of these things that you have to be able to do, you're going to have to do find interesting ways to make sure that you've got the strength, endurance, and able to withstand sudden impulses of activity in those positions. So um, that's a really good point. I'm glad you made that. Mm. So where would you begin? Is the laying down, the, the beginning point for athletes just starting off to build neck strength or is there something else that they can do? Yeah, well, that's a great one. That's a very, very simple one. I'd, I'd actually like doing the, the idea of the bands in terms of being vertical and coming out because yeah. that gives you the alignment of your posture as well. And I really like the idea, like, like you're saying, those first exercises I mentioned, that can start being a warm-up that you can do you know, it's part of your activities, you know, once or twice a week, depending um, on how I build up. Those are the two areas that I'd start doing. The other one uh, I'd start doing when you start getting close to the football, and it's a lot more advanced, so we'd, we'll put some caveats around that. Don't try it unless, you know, you, you're under good guidance. That's when you start doing it a little bit more quickly. If you're really struggling for time, um, a lot of the programs you're doing shoulder work. So... You could put a band around your head as you're doing some shoulder work. So if you're doing some external rotations, um, if you're coming out, you can have it out laterally as you're doing some lateral um, shoulder raises. And then the same thing if you're coming back, that's when you can do some dumbbell shoulder work. You can actually make it part of a shoulder complex as well, which is even better because what you're getting is that neck strength, but you're actually getting your limbs to work at the same time, So which is even better because it's not like this sudden... I can only control my neck under these situations. You start making it a little bit more relevant to your sport. Um, but the first two activities is where I'd start and um, start lightly and just build up, take your time. Just, yeah, there's no rush for this stuff. Just, yeah, it's like anything new. Um, you'll wake up a little bit sore. So you want to go on the side of caution and not many reps and sets and just build that up very gradually over time. Mm. I think when you, just in sort of my opinion is when people talk about getting a big neck, I think people focus too much on traps. So how, how much does that yeah. play a role? So you've just ticked off all the boxes that you just said and doing those rotations and isometric work with the bands. How much are you focusing on trap sort of bulk? 
Well, a lot of the time, like your traps actually get developed, say, from your lifts. So um, you, you think deadlifts, power cleans, pull cleans, um, jump shrugs, that type of stuff. Um, even if you are doing farmers carries, that type of stuff, your traps actually are getting developed a lot of that time from that. Um, it, it is not a bad idea to do some work, um, some shrugs and that type of work. But if you've got a good lifting program, most of the time your traps are being developed. It's uh, more of it than uh, muscles around your actual neck that aren't getting the attention. What's your views on that? Mm. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably say the same thing that if you're ticking off the boxes with your farmer's carries and just any type of yeah, jump shrugs and just building up those boulders, your traps are playing a part in that. So yeah, would, would definitely agree with that. You don't really have to spend too much time just doing general shrugs. If it's a weak point, you, yeah, you can program it. But if you're putting an exercise in there that like a farmer's carry, big fan of the farmer's carries, you're ticking off a lot of boxes and one of those boxes is trap development as well. And yeah, it was, it was just a thought because you sort of see pitches of big front rollers and they're just, their traps are just so thick. And I think when people think of building neck strength, it's just building the traps when it's, it's actually doing all those exercises that you just talked about. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look, eventually nothing beats for the front rows getting in scrums and doing that type of work, but you've got to build up the, um, the conditioning and strength and stability to actually allow you to get through scrummaging sessions with, uh, more successfully. Mm. So I think just sort of trying to wrap it up because we've covered off a lot of really important aspects is it's not just for front rowers. It's for everyone playing contact sports. It's from one to 15, then 16 to 23 that you all need to have strong necks. And, and to, to do that, you can start off by doing the exercise that we just told you um, at the end of your gym sessions or at the start before your field trainings as well in the off season and preseason. And then like, like you just said, slowly building that up so that you, when the season comes, you're really strong and ready to go. And you're going to, yeah, just be able to tackle a lot more, more efficiently. You're going to be able to deal with contact more. And if you're a front rower, you're going to be able to dominate scrums a lot more effectively. Yeah. And look, it's not just rugby union. It's um, probably any contact sport. I think um, rugby league, definitely for their tackle. And even AFL, because you're going to be hit from weird positions. So that ability to suddenly good impulse to get you in really good alignment so you haven't got a head whip um or if you you know you're fumbling a ball on the ground as they do and someone comes and runs through and hits you like that's it's definitely not a thing that you don't want to have done some work on mm. so any sort of final thoughts before we wrap this up uh yeah with it just take your time and be make sure you've got really good alignment and awareness of what you're doing um and try not to work too much don't work on rotation really under load at this stage like that's something that you should be doing if you can do just with body weight stuff that rotation work with the isometric work with the bands um it's a very sensible way of building it up and just we've all woken up with a sore neck right it's um your next it's a pain in the bum for for that week it's really yeah it's not not enjoyable so just take your time you're probably better off underestimating um what you can do and slowly building up so that you know, you take several weeks or even, you know, a couple of months to build up to some decent um, reps and sets. Mm. 
So guys, we'll definitely make sure we provide the exercises on our YouTube and uh, Instagram page of the exercise that we just talked about. So definitely keep an eye out for that. So thanks for everyone for listening and watching episode four today. So remember to like, subscribe and share this video um, and, and just spread the Elite Rugby uh, content around to people that you think might benefit from this. So make sure you also follow us uh, on Instagram as well. Sign up to become a beast today via the link in the description and or via Instagram as well. But don't wait, make that good decision and join the elite rugby SNC community and take your game to the next level. So thank you, Ben. I appreciate you being on this episode today. Yeah, thanks, Karen. Well done, mate. Really enjoying it. All right, catch you later.